explained earlier that tonight's a little bit different. We, we ended worship a little bit earlier because we're going back into worship several times. Um, I'll tell you why. Because um, Easter, what we, just, what we just talked about, what we just sang about, about the freedom that's ours, the gift that is ours in Christ, that's true all the time, right? It is true all the time. But we get this privilege today of, of remembering it extra special. Meaning, even with Jesus, when he, when he uh, told us to, to uh, remember him and, and have communion, he knew that we could be forgetful. He knew that without ways of bringing things back up in front of us, we would forget. As amazing of a sacrifice as he, as he uh, had for us, we would forget. So tonight, we're going to celebrate and remember. We're remembering his death. We're remembering his resurrection. We're remembering that we're raised with him. And mostly what I want to do is worship. Because you can only talk about it for a while, and then it's like, what are you going to do about it, you know? Worship. Our, we were meant to worship. Now, I also want to say, though, and, and you probably already know this, but worship isn't only when you get up and shout and scream and say, yay, God, although that's totally worship. That's one aspect of worship. Worship is actually everything in your life reflecting the goodness of God wherever you are. So we need these times. I love these times of worship. Last week, um, Suzanne and I were uh, celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, and we we were in we were in Hawaii, and um, we were at a, a church, and there were only about 20 people there. It was a Saturday night church, so we thought of y'all. Although it was a different time zone, so you had already ended by the time we started, but. Um, but there was about 20 people underneath a canopy, uh, a tent um, out in the middle of nowhere. It was, it was glorious. As soon as I got in that tent, I felt the presence. Like, you know the presence when, you're, when you experience the Lord. When you know he's there, you feel it. And, and I just got lost in worship and, and so enjoying it. And I thought, wow, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how many people. Th- those are irrelevant. What's relevant is the presence is the glorious presence of God who is so in love with his kids. He's so in love with us that he had to have us. And he said, nothing's going to get in the way of me having you forever. That's what we're celebrating tonight. So I'm going to let, um, let's see if this is, oh, I think I have to turn this on first. Hey, we're live. There it is. Uh, I'm going to... Let scripture tell the story here at the beginning. So go ahead and dim the lights if you would.
Oh, sin, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? He took it to the grave. I'm just going to use a few scriptures to tell you more of, of the truth of what he has done, of what is finished. Christ himself suffered when he died for you. And with that one death, he paid for your sins. He was not guilty, but he died for people who are guilty. He did this to bring all of you to God. In his physical form, he was killed, but he was made alive by the Spirit. That's 1 Peter 3.18. In 1 Corinthians 15.22, says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So Adam brought the curse of death and the curse of sin. Jesus came and reversed the curse forever. He reversed the curse forever. And scripture will say this over and over again that he did it for all of humanity. That, that really bothers some people um, who, uh, who, who might think, well, no, it's only for a select few. No, he did it for everybody because what father wouldn't want all of his kids with him? He, he made his kids, all of his kids, to be with him forever. However, love demands a choice, does it not? Otherwise, it's not love. So he says, I've done everything for you. I want you with me. I, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to woo you into my heart every single day of your life. I'm going to make it really hard for you to say no to me. See, because he wants his kids. And Jesus paid the full price. There's nothing more. He can't get up on the cross. It's done. And so the father's verdict is not guilty. But he waits for his children to want him. But like I said, every single person in this room, when you said yes to Jesus, I'll tell you why you said yes. Because you responded to him. You responded to his love. There was something he did that made you realize this is real. This isn't just a, a great story. It's real. He did something. And if, and if you're here tonight and you haven't been gripped by his heart, let me tell you, he is, he's coming after you. <laughs> and he's coming after you and he's coming after you in a really good way. Because honestly, he, he does not, he won't accept no for an answer, meaning he's going to keep coming. In fact, everyone in this room, we've not only um, felt the tug of Jesus at different times, but I will, tell, I will tell you, everyone in this room has also pushed the Lord away at times. Every single person in this room has at times, at one time or another or, or multiple times. Did that dissuade him from coming after you? <laughs> no, it did not. That's exceptionally good news. As in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Here's another one. This is from Titus 2, 11 and 14. You see... God's grace has been revealed to save the whole human race. He offered himself for us in order to ransom us from all of our faults and to purify a people to be his very own and eager to do good. See, he's always wanted, he's always wanted to pour out so much blessing, so much favor, so much love on, on those who would want him that others would take notice and say, what is that? Who is your God? See, that's the whole plan. He, he wants you to be massively blessed. He wants you to shine with his love so that others say, who, who are you? Who is this God of yours? 
So he's ransomed us. He's set us free. And here's our victory. Jesus said in John 5, 24, he said, whoever listens to my words and believes in the one who sent me, that's the Father, has eternal life without being brought to judgment. Many Christians are still very, very afraid of being brought to judgment. I, I believe Jesus died for me. I, I, I believe he's, he's um, separated my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. I believe those things, but I'm still really afraid of, of one day when I'm standing before God, the mess that I made in my life. I have some great news for you. Jesus said, that person has already passed over from death to life. In other words, the biggest fear is, it's not even so much that, the biggest fear I don't believe is, is, is that um, the bad things are going to be seen for what they are. I think the biggest fear is that, and we're not going to be admitted into his favor, into his kingdom. Right? Isn't that the biggest fear? Here's, here's the amazing deal. You're already in his kingdom. The minute you said yes to Jesus, you became one with him. You are one with him. You're with him right now. I'll show you those scriptures in, in a second. I'm not making this up. See, the gospel is such good news. It's such crazy good news that we kind of have to pinch ourselves a little bit and say, could this really be true? Yeah, you know what? It's the only thing that makes sense. Because otherwise, if it's, if it's back on you to be good enough to make it, we're all in trouble. And that's not grace. But God says, you know what? It's got to be grace because if it were you being good enough, that would give you reason to boast. It would give you reason to brag. And he says, I've taken that away. You have no reason to boast. You can't because it's all me, he says. It's all me doing it for you. That's exceptionally good news. Do we have a part? Yes, we do. It's saying yes. It's saying yes to the goodness, yes to the blessing, yes to his huge heart for you. Yes, that's our part. That's what faith means to those who believe, to those who say, yes, God, you really are that good. Such people will not be brought to judgment. They have already passed from death to life. Here's more victory. It's God who has rescued us from the ruling forces of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the son that he loves. He's not going to transfer you someday. He transferred you the moment you said yes. You're in. Hey, that's good news. I'm, all right. I'm seeing a few smiles. Okay. All right. This is good news. Here's what else happened. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace that you've been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where are you right now? It's okay to say it. Where are you right now? You're seated with Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. So where's he? Oh, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are you? You're with him. Not someday, but now. You're like, okay, Brent, how come I can't always feel that? How come I can't see it? Well, Jesus said there's, there's two different worlds going on. There's a kingdom that's more real than the world we're seeing in front of us with our eyes. But the more we're in touch with God's heart, the more 
the more we believe these outrageous but true promises, the more we see that other kingdom. It becomes more and more, more and more real, more and more in focus. Suddenly we can see both worlds. They're almost one on top of the other. And honestly, the deeper you go, the more you see his world more than you see this one. And his is a kingdom of love. <laughs> so, Ephesians 1, seven. his favors to us are so abundant that he bought us by paying the ransom for us with his son's blood. This canceled our sins. Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. Come on, did you just hear that? Am I making this up? Now that we are set right, and you might be thinking, I'm not right with God, if you knew what I've done. Yeah, stop. Tonight we're celebrating what Jesus did. That's what we're celebrating tonight. It isn't, it isn't what you've done. It isn't whether you deserve it. Praise God. None of us in this room deserve it. We don't deserve the mercy. We don't deserve the grace, but we got it as a gift. So get over the not deserving it part because that's not going to help you out. That's actually going to keep you very stuck. You are loved. You are wanted. You've always been wanted. God said, I have to have you. Therefore, I'm going to take care of the sin problem. Here's, here's why. Let me just explain it real quick. Because if he didn't take care of the sin problem, if he didn't nullify it completely and make it a non-issue, then you would be coming to God out of fear of punishment. See, he's, he's the bigger one with more power, right? So if he wants to manipulate you and make you come to him, he can say, if you don't measure up, if you don't do this, see, he, he can hold it over you. And then you'll come to him out of fear. But let me tell you something, that's not love. He's not interested. So he had to level the playing field. He had to say, my son Jesus will take care of the whole sin problem so that when you approach me, you're now coming to me in love. You're coming to me because you love me. That's all he wants. He wants us to go, wow, you did all this for me. I want you. I love you. And he says, that's all I've ever wanted. See, that's, he's a lover. He's a lover to the core of his being, and he's made us the very same way as lovers. And so, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Hey, didn't we already say that? Where are you? Seated with Christ. This is going on and saying, since that's where you are, set your hearts on the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. See, it's a whole mind shift. It's no longer about trying to be good enough for God. Stop playing that game because you can't. You can't win that one. So stop, so stop trying that one. Instead, you say, just the way I am, you love me, you want me, you've forgiven me, I'm cleansed, and I'm going to fall deeper in love with you. The more that I do, the more I gaze at you, the more I reflect your beauty to this world. The more I accept your love, the more I love people in this world. That's the way it works. That's the kingdom. Takes the pressure off, doesn't it? So what are we left with? We're left with saying yes. We're left with worshiping him. We're left with going, what? We have all of eternity to go, what? Are you, God, are you kidding me? All right. 
I'm going to play another uh, video for you. This is from the Message Bible, also mostly from Romans 6. And then after this, we're going to go into communion together. We're going to celebrate communion. amazing scripture. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left a country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That's what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's every beck and call. Is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we also get included in his life saving resurrection? We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was the signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive, he brings God down to us. Think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. But God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way that you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. But throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time, remembering that you've been raised from the dead, into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans, they're cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. 
study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Love the Lord your God with all of your passion, with all of your prayer, with all of your muscle, with all of your intelligence. Because everlasting, abundant, and overflowing life is here today. We're going public with this. Christ is risen. Oh my gosh, this news is so good uh, because of everything it means for you and me. And, and believe me, I don't got it all figured out yet. I, I mean, I, I think I know how good it is, and then I find out even more and more about how good it is. So, so what I'm telling you is you got a whole lifetime to figure this out. Is this from maybe this on? Let's turn this off. See if that helps. There we go. So you have, you have a whole lifetime of, of realizing how good this is. Like I told you before, even, even on the days where you're not feeling so good, where you're not feeling it, it doesn't change any of the truth of what, of what we've said, of what Christ has done. That's what's so good about this. So what we're going to do right now is to, have, is to take communion together. Jesus told us to uh, remember... told us to remember what he's done on the, on the cross. He said, as you, as you take this bread, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. And as you, as you take the juice, I want you to remember that this is the new covenant that's sealed in my blood. It's a covenant of grace. He says, this is new. It's different than before. It's brand new. So what, what we're going to do is invite you. We're, gonna, we're going to go back into worship right now and really focus on on this finished work of what he's done. And, and this, taking communion is another way of saying yes. I asked you if we have a, a, a part in this, and I said, yeah, we have to say yes. Our response is yes. Communion is saying yes to Jesus. Yes, you died for me. Yes, it was enough. Yes, I'm set free. Yes, I'm living in, your, in, your, uh, in this place of grace. That's what communion is. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you have kids here, go ahead and get them and come up here as a family together. If you want to come up with a couple of friends together, that's great too. 
Um, this one in the middle is wine, and the two on the sides are grape juice, if that matters to you. And, um, and how you do this is you're going to take one piece of bread, and you're going to dip it in the wine or juice, and then, and then eat it right up here. If you want to, because we're going to be in worship, you are more than welcome to stay up here and, you know, kneel, as long as there's still a path to get to these stations, maybe off to the sides. Um, but again, we're going back into worship for a while. So what I would encourage you to do is to be fully engaged. Let your heart be fully engaged with the Lord and just thanking him. So Jesus, we do thank you. We thank you that, uh, that you were enough, that, that your work on the cross was sufficient and completely, completely enough to make us right with God. We sit here not hoping to be right with God. We are right with God because of what you have done, Jesus. So we receive your grace. We receive the mercy. And we say to the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. We do belong to you. We belong to you. Amen. And again, if you've never said yes to Jesus, tonight's a great time. Come on up. I mean, that's what communion is. Come up. You could even tell the servers, I've never actually said yes to Jesus. They'll be really happy to, to help you just pray and say yes to him okay so come on as you're ready and we're going to worship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Christ